Welcome to the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And today we're going to talk about stupid stuff. So let's go ahead and start. Today's National What? Today is National Stay at Home Because You're Well Day. Um, so if I'm not well, I don't stay home. I just go out. But I mean, I do that well, anyway, so. Okay. Well, it has a purpose. It sounds like the half the time I called in sick. Like, I would go into work sick because I didn't want to use my sick days being sick. So, well, that's exactly what this day is for. So, the general purpose of the day is to stay at home and use your time wisely, basically. You catch up on reading, take a walk, catch up on work, you know, make some food from scratch instead of getting food out all the time. Just in general, things that you've been wanting to do that you can't necessarily do when you are sick that you want to get done. Okay. So if I wanted to clean the kitchen or something like that, I'd stay home today. Yep. But I wouldn't do that. A hundred percent wouldn't do that. I'm not even going to lie. I would absolutely look at things that are inappropriate that I need to clear my browser history for afterwards, play some video games, probably soak in a tub, think about going out to stores, but then being afraid that somebody's spouse or, you know, significant other, because we live in a pretty small town, um, would actually see me and notice me and be like, hey, wait a second. (laughs) Well, I know that I used days like this, not that they were national and I knew about them. I just would stay home from school and, you know catch up on homework and projects and things. I would never stay home the day that something was due, but I would stay home if I felt like everything was just piling up on me and I couldn't get it done if I did go to school because I wouldn't have enough time because I was also helping my mom out with the daycare and doing a bunch of other stuff. So that's what I, I would basically do this without it being a national day. See, but I could do that at work. I mean, okay, so before this, when I was pursuing a tech career... Uh, I was tech marketer for a company. I, I won't say who. Um, Apple. Oh, excuse me. Anyways, but you know that you'd have days where you just don't want to do anything, and I could do that at work. Actually, not just there. I literally could do that at almost any company that I wanted. So I'd rather do nothing and get paid for it, or do minimal because sometimes you just have to. Just I'm weird like that. Well, but I'm glad that you had days that you didn't have anything to do, that you had the ability to catch up. Well, yeah. And see, that's the great thing about having been a marketer is all of my jobs were assignment based. So we would say, OK, well, we're going to do a 30 day contract and we're going to be working on this. And if you're an app developer and we're bringing something in and you've hired somebody on and we're giving you an outside input or something into the into that app, we'd say, OK, well, we're, we have it for the next 90 days. And you have milestones that you're expected to reach. And so you hit those milestones and you can hit those milestones whenever you want, but you can turn in those milestones whenever you want too. So if I wanted a Wednesday just kind of to clear my head because something was overwhelming, whether it was personal or business, I would already be ahead because I'd like to do these things. And a lot of times I would do the 90 day, I'm sorry, air quoting, 90 day, you know, project and I'd get it done in a week or two, you know, just because I'd go nuts. I like, I would just go nonstop 20 hours a day just thinking about something and get it done so then I would I learned to progressively turn it in and for people who work hard they know that routine where we are able to do stuff but then we actually will get chastised if we do it too well so yeah I would take my national wellness 
day. What was it called again? National stay at home because you're well day. Yeah, see, I would do that stay at work because I'm well day. Well, not everybody had the ability. That's fair. Has the ability. I use those days to catch up on things, get laundry done, clean my room, just reorganize things just to get myself a clean slate because I can never do it on the weekend because on Saturdays it was full of going to my siblings' sports games and whatnot and... Sundays, we would basically all be cleaning and prepping for the week, so. <sighs> so that's where we get it from. Ugh, it's horrible. Horrible habit. Horrible <laughs> habit. Being responsible. Don't like it at all. Okay, well, let's talk about some people who probably could have used those stay-at-home wellness days. So, we have WTF in history. And Kiki's got one that I'm not allowed to know about right now. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so I want you to picture this. Okay, it's Christmas Eve in 1926, and everybody has been having a good day, they've been drinking, having fun, and in, you know, this is a small town, and um, a guy comes stumbling into the hospital claiming that Santa Claus is horrible and he's poisoned him and he's going to die and all this horrible, horrible things and he's super flushed and gasping for air and everybody in the emergency room is completely in awe and doesn't know what's going on. They admit him, but before they can even figure out what's wrong with him, he dies. That continues to happen throughout Christmas Eve night. Over and over and over. Wait, people different coming people? in and mumbling nonsense and passing away in the emergency room. Christmas Eve, all throughout Christmas Day, upwards of about 50 people. Over the next two months, 23 more people will pass away from the same symptoms. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can figure out what's going on. Wow, Santa's uh, giving somebody a lump of coal the wrong way. So... What turns out what was happening, doctors that were accustomed to alcohol poisoning by then, this was normal. Not because people were drinking themselves to death, but because the government had legalized people that were mass-producing alcohol to poison the alcohol to try to dissuade people from drinking. That's right. Oh, I did hear about this. They actually forced people to poison their alcohols so that people would stop drinking because then you could actually say, see what drinking does to you? You'll die. You know, stop doing it. And to also dissuade people from making bootleg alcohol because the alcohol that they were selling was too expensive. So, you know, as people do. So Why Santa Claus? Because that's when it started. That's when people were drinking the most. And when it actually started to poison people was Christmas Eve. And that's so people crazy. were hallucinating about Santa Claus. Wow. And this isn't the only time that they've done things like this. Um, the U.S. government had made a controversial decision in the 1970s to spray Mexican marijuana fields with Paraquat, which is an herbicide. And its use was primarily intended to destroy crops, but the government officials also insisted that awareness of the toxin would deter marijuana smokers. So, they echoed the official position of the 1920s, where a lot of people did end up getting poisoned, and 
they did that to marijuana as well. Yeah, I, I actually had heard about this being the prelim to for a prohibition and everything that was was coming and they were looking for the move for that and with marijuana um i did know i didn't realize it was specifically they were going down to mexico to do it or you know if there were mexican fields but i did know that the government had done this and i mean you read throughout history all the stuff that you know all these people and you wonder why we keep believing our government mm-hmm. why do you keep believing the people who have over and over and over again. You know, if you would have said that, think about that if we're back in 1926 and I would have sat there and told you, our governor's poisoning our alcohol. Our government's poisoning our alcohol. You would call me a whack job. Uh-huh. You're like, why? You Because the first thing you think is, why would the government want to poison their voters, right? Well, you know, it's... We, we have this messed up thought that they work for us. Because we, if we say it enough, it's true. But they don't. They work for a few key individuals and, you know, those who are in power. And obviously in the 20s, those in power just did not want alcohol. And I would bet that you're talking about, at that time, a lot of corporate elites. People who, you know, owned big businesses oh, yeah. and, you know, factories and those who... Didn't want people getting drunk because those people were less productive. And let, so they were doing everything. So think about in your mind where you say, you know, we want people to be more productive. So let's kill a few off. How That's scary is that? Terrifying. That somebody's brain has to go there. Where is your mind that that has to be a statement that becomes okay? And then not just okay. But it becomes something that you're able to present to somebody else and it sounds rational. Listen, we have an alcoholic epidemic. People are drinking too much. They're having too much fun. They're, they're not productive enough as workers. They come in, they're tired. When they're tired, it's dangerous. So yeah, we're going to have to kill a few people. Hopefully they won't all die. They'll get alcohol poisoning. We'll, we'll call it alcohol poisoning. Again, air quoting it. And they're just going to get sick, right? We're, we're not trying to kill anybody. They're just <laughs> going to make them sick. And yeah, in making no. them sick, we're actually doing them a better thing, right? Because we're, we're going to get people to stop drinking, and they're going to be more productive and more safe, less accidents at work, less likely to kill themselves on their way to work, on their way home from work. Depression will go down because, you know, alcohol is from Satan or whatever <sighs> boogeyman I wanted to portray it as. And in that, we're going to get a few people sick, Congressman. So I, I hope we have your trust and your backing in this. And then some congressman said, sure, that sounds good. Yeah. Because lobbyists are nothing but marketers. They're, they're literal salespeople and marketers. They literally just go out and they make something horrible sound good. And somewhere in there, nobody went, hey, maybe murdering people... To get them to work harder? Not so much. <laughs> well, and it didn't work what they did. So yeah. uh, the the enforcement of, you know, trying to get people not to drink and all this other stuff, it, and, you know, between the laws that they put in place and all the things, they had managed to slow the smuggling of alcohol from Canada and other countries, mm-hmm. but... Because this is the U.S., crime syndicates responded by stealing massive quantities of industrial alcohol 
and you which you know was used in paints and solvents thinners and, and cleaners you know, fuels, yeah oh, medical yeah. supplies all that stuff and medical they would oh just my gosh redistill it to try to make it potable and it was industrial alcohol is grain alcohol mm-hmm. with worse chemicals and things in it to make it undrinkable not safe for human and consumption so, yeah so the government responded by requiring the denaturing process for manufacturers who wanted to avoid the taxes levied on potable spirits so the u.s treasury department charged with overseeing alcohol enforcement estimated that by the mid-20s some 60 million gallons of industrial alcohol were stolen annually to supply the country's drinkers And then in response, in 1926, President Calvin Coolidge's government decided to turn to chemistry as an enforcement tool. So that's how it happened. That was the downfall. Mm -hmm. They didn't like that people were drinking, tried to tell people to stop, take things away, and it didn't work. And so because everybody was like, "Uh, excuse me, I'm going to drink because this is supposed to be land of the free. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, okay, well, then we'll just poison you. (laughs) Which I don't even... How do you get there? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's just that's the nuts of it. And you know, somewhere somebody had this disconnect and and we're still there where we think the government has our best interests at hearts, right? It's like somewhere you just go through history. You can go through recent history. I don't care which side of whatever you're on. The government is never looking out for you. Ever. there's If you want freedom, get rid of the federal government. I can say that straight up. Let the states regulate themselves. If you want to have a federal government, the federal government's just there to uphold the laws of the states. That's it. You know, that was actually the federalist uh, movement was very much to that, that the federal government's job was um, only to manage the the laws of the states were honored type situation that was what they did and then they handled international projects and things like that but the federalist party didn't make it past john adams so john adams was was after john adams there was one other candidate that came up and then the federalist party died and from that point on it's just doesn't matter which side they're all horrible they're all horrible i don't care whether you look at you know, 45,000 IRS agents for an institute that's illegal or, you know, um, towers coming down, buildings, you know, bombings that were supposed to happen that didn't or whatever side of any of it you're on. If the government chooses a path, your best bet is to be on the other path. I would never back the government in a poker game because they're going to kill my chips. So you want to hear you want to hear about some of the things that they did? Yeah, go for it. So by mid nineteen twenty seven, the new denaturing formulas included some notable poisons. So not just like things that were like hidden or like people didn't know about, like actual poisons: kerosene, gasoline, benzene, cadmium, iodine, zinc, mercury salts, nicotine, formaldehyde, chloroform. Carbolic acid and acetone. Those just that's just a few. This is a long <sighs> list. <laughs> they wow. are putting these in your alcohol. <laughs> so it's it, it So oh they're encouraging you to moonshine at that point. Oh, I yeah. mean seriously, I would want to make my own alcohol. And then it wasn't 
it wasn't performing the way they wanted it to, meaning it wasn't killing enough people or making enough people sick, quote unquote, that the Treasury Department also demanded more methyl alcohol be added up to 10% of total product. Holy crud. That was the most deadly. That was yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's the rot your brain yep. right there. And so, the results were immediate. If, if anybody didn't notice the name in that, methyl alcohol, mm-hmm. which is where methamphetamines have a root in. So, yeah. So, the results were immediate, starting with that horrific holiday body count, which was 50, mm-hmm. it wasn't a lie. Um, and then uh, public health officials responded with shock. The government... Literally, they knew they weren't going to stop people from drinking by putting poison in the alcohol, but they continued, and people just people were determined to drink. I mm-hmm. just I don't understand. They then they didn't do anything, but just it it was just all your fault. They were poisoning you, but it was your fault because you were drinking. So it was, they could just paint it as a you drank too much and died. Oh well. You shouldn't drink. And See, so that's the defense that they don't want drug dealers to be able to use today. <laughs> Which is very stupid. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It's- so, it, and, and, and the crazy part to it was it's they, okay, first off, and I would love somebody to explain this because it never made sense to me. Why did the Department of Treasury, why did the finance arm of the government get tasked with yeah, handling right? alcohol and especially after hey poisoned a crap load of people here <laughs> yeah well we didn't think they were gonna die well what did you think bill <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i i don't know i don't know what the i i just don't understand what they were thinking was going to work that <laughs> like because the deaths at that point that first year 1926 mm-hmm. they it had amounted to 400 people dying before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, about 700 people died. Jeez. And about, you know, 1,000 plus people were sick. Severely sick. So right. not just like, oh man, you know, yeah, they were going to recover. There's got to be so many people who didn't either didn't go to the hospital yeah. or didn't die or drank a little, didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And did that. So, I mean, so how many people and the stuff that they're using, arsenic, yeah. You know, the methyl, <laughs> methyl ammonia. Okay. You know how much of that does irreparable damage? Right. Oh, my God. I should look in my genealogy and see <laughs> how many people in my family. Because, I mean, that's something that, hey, if it causes irreparable brain damage. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I think I should have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just hey, don't Grandma. understand. Who, who, would, who would think... I, I really do. I want to know how that conversation went. That who sat down and was like, listen, we'll poison the alcohol and that'll stop them from drinking. And then everybody was like, you know what? Yeah, that's smart. Thanks. Okay, we'll do that. And then it wasn't working. And so they made it worse. Who looked at it after it wasn't working and right. said, let's up what we're Love doing. <laughs> make it worse let's kill them let's put things that we know are poisoned hey, hey buddy let me talk to you for a second <laughs> yeah you know these people here that we're trying to uh stop drinking yeah well we've been poisoning their alcohol right and <laughs> that's not working yeah i think we should do something else yeah more poison wait what <laughs> right yeah we we need more poison that's that's what i think but but we're killing people no 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 we're just putting the poison in the drink they're killing themselves. But 
Are we telling them that we're putting the poison? No. Why would we tell them that we're putting poison in their drinks? Because it's killing them? You know what? Just finish your whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, that that happened. The government went, "Eh, don't like that you're drinking alcohol. We'll just kill you so that you can stop. And then clearly it didn't work because we still have a lot of alcohol in existence. And, you know, if they really wanted to get rid of it, which, again, it's questionable because there are a lot of different theories as to why they wanted to eliminate alcohol. But a big one was manufacturers really did want to have more productive people. It wasn't a matter of safety. They don't care if you're safe or not. They want productive. They, you know, you're talking about a time predating labor laws. Yeah. Right? So well, you have... And probably that they were getting... Those people were probably getting sick of... This is the only reason that I could think that the Treasury was dealing with it mm-hmm. because they were losing money because of the bootleg alcohol. So then they approached them or were like, hey, people aren't drinking enough for alcohol. And then they were kind of like, hey, alcohol is just bad. Let's just put that out there. And then it just evolved into some killing people. And that's people. fair enough because we do have something similar that goes on like that today. And we actually have black market cigarettes, right? Because the government has regulated the living tar out of cigarettes. But there are... You know, trucks coming across the border, everybody's like, oh, fentanyl and oh, you know, coke mm-hmm. and crack, meth and everything else. But there's a hell of a lot of tobacco coming from overseas and they don't want, you know, and there are people who are getting them and they're getting them from different places. And those are no, I'm not going to help you. Don't ask me. Um, but, you know, the black market cigarettes are a huge thing, especially like overseas, even where they're even more expensive. I mean, out here, a pack of cigarettes right now, I think it's like $8, right? For a real pack of cigarettes. Um, but, like, overseas, they're like, you know, they can be... I, I know people who say they're like 20 bucks for one pack of cigarettes. And a lot of, you know, smokers, they go through a pack a day. And so, black market cigarettes, you know, are, are now a thing. But at least... Don't use this as an idea, European government. At least the European government isn't like, you know, I know how we get these people to stop smoking. But that makes sense that the Department of Treasury would be like, hey, we're not making any tax dollars on Mm -hmm. alcohol for these guys that are making it at home. Which is crazy because literally all you need is yeast and a fruit. Yeah, I don't understand that. Because, I mean, we've been making wine for centuries. Mm -hmm. And it's not illegal to make wine at home. So why do people... I don't know. I just don't get that. Like, but I also, but I mean, the government is trying to regulate people having farms and gardens in their backyard. So it doesn't really That's true. California is uh, now regulating people having their own wells on their own land and they're not allowed to gather rainwater. So, okay. That that would be WTF in present. So definitely not history. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I, I guess I get it, but it's still... I just don't understand how, for something that, for the way that it was brought up, the fact that, you know, our government was supposed to be such a positive thing, Mm -hmm. and before the people, not leading the people, not controlling the people, the people were supposed to control it as the point of the entire thing from the beginning, yet there was still several points in time where they were like, eh, well, we can kill off a few citizens and we'll be okay, (laughs) all right? Like, the moment that that was a thing that people decided was okay, that was the moment that the government was controlling us and And, not us controlling the government. And there were people that were okay with that. I don't get that. That's that's what's crazy. There were people that were okay with that. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter what your belief system is. You were okay (laughs) with literally... 
irreparably poisoning people. Don't, don't get it. So, wow. Do not understand. Well, I don't want to end this, this podcast <laughs> on that kind of dark note. How about a read it Reddit? Can we give you one of those? Uh, sure. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> we're going to get a little... Um, a little action from r slash today I fucked up. So this one, <laughs> this one is called today I fucked up by hitting on my university, university professor. Whoops. A little background. Since the semester started, we've had an online course with a teacher who's based outside of the country where the master's program is taking place. It's been planned since the semester started that we both It's been planned since the semester started that we'd hold the last session together in person where we'll get to discuss the different projects we've all been working on during the semester. Well, that day was today, and I arrived in front of the classroom 30 minutes earlier because I got off my work shift. When I arrived to the classroom where the class was taking place, I noticed a cute girl sitting in front of it eating a snack and is on her phone. I tend to talk to girls on campus a lot, and so I approached her. Hey, excuse me, want to see a magic trick? And I fan out half a deck of cards. She gets excited and pulls out a card. I do the trick. And after that, I told her that the real reason I approached her was because I thought she's cute. She started laughing, but quickly stopped. I asked her what major, what her major was and, she, and what, oh my goodness. I asked her what major she was doing. She said she's doing a PhD in the field of the subject we're going to take. And it clicked in my head almost immediately. And the first thing I managed to blabber was fuck. <laughs> Q&A. Five minutes of her laughing uncontrollably. I told her this is absolutely not how I envisioned our first encounter to go like, and I apologize profusely for not recognizing her right away IRL. In my defense, she had a different hairstyle than the one she usually had in class, and I told her again and again that I didn't mean anything by it, and I just wanted to make conversation. She said it's okay, and it'll be okay like nothing happened. The class was awkward AF, and I still feel ashamed about it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So what was the card? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> man oh that that's you know what that is that is pain so i wow all right well, <laughs> i don't think we need to add to that so we'll go ahead and leave it at that but hey thank you so much for tuning into the podcast and and joining us here um we're really excited about this we hope that you enjoyed it if you have any questions or comments if you want to support us in any way follow any of our links go to any of our pages and you know just interact we really rely on that and we're excited about this so we hope you liked it as much as we did And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And this was the Stupid Podcast on Everything. You have a great one. And peace out with your peace out. Wow.